Welcome, everyone. It is episode three of Smoke Out with Shelly and SJ. I'm, of course, SJ. She is Shelly, obviously. It's an OnlyFans exclusive show, onlyfans.com slash Shelly SJ Smoke Out. If you subscribe, you can get the videos, all the videos, all the shows on video on demand forever. And you get the Zoom details for every call every Wednesday when we do the show on Zoom so you can join us. Uh, Jesse, one of our subscribers, is waiting in the waiting room. We will admit him and uh, see if we have any video or audio this week or if he will just join us in the chat area. I see Jesse. Woo! And is connecting. Still connecting to audio. There we go. Jesse, what's up? Can you hear us? Excuse me. Jesse, you there? We can see you. Can you hear us? Are you okay? <laughs> awesome. That's good enough. <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> so anyway, um, Shelly, what's been uh, what's been up on your end of things? Well, um, just about a couple hours ago, or, I mean, just an hour ago, really, I finished doing my weekly live stream, or not live stream. Oh my gosh. Hold on. <laughs> Take two. <laughs> Take two. Okay. So about an hour ago, I just got done doing my Shelly Live, which is on bocnation.com every Wednesday. It's a podcast. And that's the one we're talking about with blog talk, how, whatever. Yeah. So I've been doing pre-recorded to have it sound really good, but today I did a live because I had a really awesome morning at the beach this morning with one of my homegirls. And then when I got home, uh, I was going to take a little nap because I was really tired. And, and, you know, I went on my OnlyFans to see like what's going on today. Like I hadn't really been on just real quick. And one of my OnlyFans wanted to have a one-on-one -on -one chat with me. So working it out. And I was like, okay, I'll have a 30 minute window before I go live on my podcast for this dude. Long story short, he flaked out and it was a big waste of my time, <laughs> but I filmed a video to post on my OnlyFans saying, look, don't waste my time. People, this is why I ask for money up front. You know what I mean? Cause sometimes people are like, Oh, you know, I'll have it on this day. And it's like, I'm sorry, I won't film it until I got the money because things like this happen. Yeah. So for me, it was like, I gave up my 30 minute nap before I had to go on live. You know, that's a pre no pressure there before I go on live and to make a couple bucks. So one of my other only fans, he was like, that guy's an idiot. You know, let's have fun. Let's just chat. So it worked out, but when I was doing my life or my uh, podcast, I was talking about how I didn't change yet. And I've been so lazy. I still haven't changed. I put my pajama pants on my sloth pajama pants over, but here is a nice exclusive. This was what I was going to wear in my chat with the guy. There you go. Very cute outfit. He missed out my other only fan. He, uh, he got to have a nice chat with me. So it worked out, but it's just an eye rolling moment. And I was talking about my, um, my podcast, how people don't realize what gals like me go through <laughs> on this only thing. You know, it's not all sunshine and lollipops <laughs> draining. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Um, hopefully this OnlyFans experience is a better experience for everyone involved. And uh, the show's getting momentum. People are uh, liking it. People, a lot of people are watching the video clips and stuff on, on Twitter and whatnot and Facebook and all that. So uh, hopefully more people join us yes. down the road. Uh, before we get into other stuff, Shelly, um, I wanted to ask you, because uh, the news came over Twitter today, that uh, Pat Patterson passed away. Uh, I want to see if you had any interactions with him during your career. You know what? Not really, to be honest with you. Um, not really. Like, I saw that that had happened. And um, do you know how he passed away? I don't. I just saw a bunch of condolences from everybody yeah, uh, me too. involved. But uh, it was trending for a little while on Twitter. But uh, I don't think they said anything other than he was 79. So. Well, you know, that's up there. So. Yeah. It tends to, uh, it tends to happen. That's for sure. Especially um, that life of a wrestler, especially like that mm. old school of a wrestler. Like I feel nowadays, um, let's pretend that the Corona wasn't happening and it was normal times, even though it's still a lot of wear and tear, I feel that nowadays you could still make your money and um, be a WWE superstar and not have to wear yourself as thin as people had to back in the day, yeah. especially like, WWF days when it was like the 70s and the 80s like they didn't have social media they didn't have all these different things even in my day there wasn't but there was at least the internet that helped you know what I mean so it's like mm. when you go back to Pat Patterson time like that was a long ass time ago so I can only imagine how even more worn he truly was because of that you know what I mean absolutely <clears throat> so uh, last week, episode two, uh, went over a little long. We were doing a lot of stuff, had a lot of stuff going on. We played Would You Rather Thanksgiving edition. And uh, we didn't get to something that I uh, had planned to get to, a question for Shelly, because Shelly has tons of great stories and experiences from her wrestling days and modeling days and all that stuff. And as she's uh, pointed out, this has become kind of a, a cathartic experience for her to kind of let things out that maybe were uh, – I don't know, being bottled up, it's not good to keep, 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 excuse me, to keep things bottled up. So uh, we have the opportunity here to, uh, to spill the beans a little bit, yeah. as it were. One of the topics <laughs> uh, was um, if there was one wrestler in professional wrestling, anybody in professional wrestling, that you, uh, that you would, if you could, who would that be? Hmm. <laughs> no reruns <laughs> this is a new okay uh, anybody really anybody that comes to mind well here's what's interesting i'm gonna probably sound like such an asshole in this story but <laughs> we all had our asshole moments and i wasn't trying to be an asshole so long story short as i can make it many years ago i had this boyfriend in wrestling now we were only together for a few months and I always say that that was like the most honest breakup I ever had because we literally realized we weren't a good match. Like no one cheated. There was nothing ugly like that. It was just like, we are not a match. So no, sorry. So the timing of that couldn't have been weirder though, because what had happened is my grandma had passed away in June. And so that August, I went with him on a trip to Costa Rica. So we went to Costa Rica. It was me, him, and his friend. 
and his friend had a timeshare in Costa Rica. So we went to there. It was awesome. I always wanted to go there. I love sloths, AKA my pants here. I love sloths. Uh, my sister and I, when we were younger, we'd always say, oh, we're going to go to Costa Rica one day and help the sloths. So here I was, it was a perfect time for me because I was mourning the death of my grandma to just kind of get lost in nature, you know what I mean? And just like reevaluate a lot because my grandma was very important to me. So this was the trip, Stoner Jesus, that me and this guy realized we were not a good match. <laughs> so it kind of sucks when you're on a trip with somebody and that's when you realize that because like, where do you go? So what I realized though, this doesn't make me sound so bad his friend. He and I had chemistry and people who were there when we were staying in the little village, they thought I was there with him, not my boyfriend because there was chemistry. So the more I was getting to know him on the trip, I was like, this is the kind of guy I'd want to be with. And so after me and the guy broke up, which we broke up on that trip, by the way, um, there's been times where I've drunkenly wrote him on Facebook, this guy, telling him how great he is. <laughs> One time I was like, how good of friends are you with so-and-so? But like, I just know that there's just a line you don't cross. So even though those couple times it happened, I made it very clear that I knew that like, I could never be with him. And so, <laughs> he's a really nice guy. I think he's a really good catch. And when I met him after that and like that whole vibe, I kind of realized what I wanted in a guy and I used him as like a guideline and a couple of fakes got in between there. But, <laughs> and so this guy, he's an independent wrestler. He goes by the name of RJ Brewer, and he was in, he's been in wrestling for a long time and he took a really long time off and now he's back in it. Um, there's a independent promotion called Ring of Honor, which is really huge. And um, he, I know he's gonna kill it there. So he's the one guy in the wrestling business that I never did anything with, but is the only one that I would because anybody else like, Especially when I went to WWE, a lot of that allure just kind of went away, like the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? So there wasn't many guys that I was like, ooh, I just got to get this guy. You know, I had my issues with Toda, but that RJ Brewer, he, if you're asking who would I, that I didn't, that's who. <laughs> there you go. The one but if it was a, a rerun, Chris Saban. There. Boom. I said it. Boom. 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 I said it. <laughs> He's a really good guy. And I effed it up. There. Boom. <laughs> there you go. That's what you get exclusively here Hi. on Smoke Out <laughs> with Shelly and SJ. Time to smoke out my Rick and yes. Morty bowl. And speaking you, of Wizard of Oz, this bong I named Dorothy Gill. There you go. I had a bong the last two weeks, but uh, I don't know. Just I've never been a fan of the bongs, I like the bong. Really? Oops. But I like the go. bong because I feel like it gets you there real quick. You're like whoa, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> Absolutely. If you need to get there quicker, uh, can't tell Jesse is smoking out with us or drinking a drink. Yes. Uh, you can uh, use your own conjecture on what Jesse's doing. What you got there, us. Jesse? <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> Fucking A. <laughs> See, that's the beauty of smoke out with Shelly and SJ. Look at that. If it was a bucket list item to smoke with one of us or both of us, there you go. It's marked off. It's, it's boop there, and you can come back every week and do it. That's right. We'll be here as often as possible, barring unforeseen circumstances. You never yes. know what's going you on. You never know. Yeah. But we try our best. That's, That's all we can ask. do. That's right. That's all we can do is try our effing best. Um, a couple other things I wanted to ask you about, Shelly, while we're here and we're chilling. Smoke out with Shelly and SJ. Um, you mentioned to me about, uh, see, Jesse says, smoking my bong, Shelly got me, and drinking Jack. There you go. See? It's a party. It is. Like a, it's a, it's a post COVID party. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So the way things are going to be from now on, everybody might as well get used to it. Um, you mentioned uh, something very interesting in uh, our messages back and forth about the show is that one time you met Gary Busey and uh, Gary Busey has a reputation for being a bit of an eccentric character <laughs> person. What can you tell us about your, uh, your meeting with him or interaction with him? Oh my gosh. So you'll love this, Stoner Jesus. Oh my God, you're going to love this. Um, Jesse, I think you might have heard the story, but maybe not. But either way, you're going to love it too. So when I was in TNA, um, I was trying to, you know, still do my acting modeling thing on my off days here in Kelly. So I landed this role. It was a small role and it was to play a vampire bodyguard. So like, okay, got it, you know. And they had different people in it, different named people that have done a couple of things. One of them was Gary Busey. Um, the other one, the guy I played the bodyguard of was Andrew Koenig, who played Boner from Growing Pains. People out there remember that show. So um, it's so funny because when I went to my audition for it, I went to downtown LA and I just couldn't find any parking. I was, so I was a little stressed out. I finally found some parking. I go and meet with this guy. He's like, got this vibe. I don't even know what to say. It was the director. It wasn't bad. It was a little chaotic, a little eccentric, and with a couple drops of crazy. <laughs> that was him. But I liked him. I liked him. Like, I liked him a lot. And so yeah. he told me that it was very low budget. And if I would be willing to be paid in marijuana. So I said, absolutely. Oh yeah. So he ends up getting, he's like, well, here's your deposit. And he throws me two huge freezer bags full of, you know, marijuana. And I was like, okay. So that was the first interaction. And then when I go to the shoot, I didn't know Gary Busey was in the film. So I see him walking, rocking around and there's people like walking on eggshells around him. Now, that's how people used to be about Vince McMahon, and I just never got it. I was like, dude, like, what, where, like, come on, like, just act right, have manners. That's all you got to do. So I was very intrigued by this. I was like, hmm. So there was the scene where me and this other girl are the bodyguard of Andrew, and we, he has a scene going back and forth with Gary Busey. And Gary, they go just improv, whatever. He started in on me. 
And so when he started, first he started in on the other girl and she was kind of like, didn't say much. She just kind of played the part of like looking at him with the death stare. But me, miss, oh, let's go. I went and he was just like getting a little like, what, who is this girl? And he was just like, we're going back and forth. And then he, he was just like, okay. And like, we were exiting the scene and he had said some kind of quip. I forget what it was. And I turned around and then he's like, you can go now, honey. And I said, I'll go when I want to go. And I just stared him down. And so then whatever. So then it's lunchtime. And the people from the crew come up to me and they're all nervous. I'm like, what is the problem? So they're so super nervous. They're like, okay, Shelly, we told Gary we would tell you this. And I'm like, oh gosh, here we go. Because like, I could tell he was like old Hollywood manning out on me, right? Like what, this girl, who's she? So they were like, he would like to know if you would go to his dressing room because he wants to talk to you. They were like, you don't have to do this. They kept saying that, like, you don't have to do this. And I was like, <laughs> I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Let's go. So I get to his dressing room. He closes the door behind me and we just start talking. We're talking about life. We're talking about death. There was one part where I swear to God, I took a chance like roulette that he might kill me. Now here's what happens. <laughs> so he asked me, he, go, he says something like, do you know how it is to really stab a man in the back? And I was like, no. He goes, you go up to someone like this. He's all wild. He goes, you go up to someone like this. I said, how you doing there, friend? And he went and he had a, a knife in his hand. And he had it right here. And when he went to hug me, he like, say this is his hand. He turned it at the last minute so the blade was out. And he went like this. And so for a second, I'm like, did he stab me? <laughs> But he didn't see my face. So I played it cool. I played it cool. And it's so crazy because at the time I was dating this guy, this guy in a boy band who should rename nameless. And he didn't know who the guy was. He just goes, let me guess. He's very heavily tattooed and da da da. I was like, yeah, how did you know? He's like, he's not for you. Insecure. And he started not without knowing anything, breaking this guy down. He goes, I go, yeah, but like we have this connection. And he was like, let me ask you something. If you sat here right now and started thinking of him, are your panties going to get wet? And I said, what? He goes, right now, if you thought of him, is he going to make your panties wet? And I said, I don't know. He goes, then the answer is no. He's not for you. The man that's for you, he's going to make your panties wet when you just think about it. And I was like, oh my God. And it made sense though when he was breaking it down, this crazy Gary Busey. And he was doing the Buseyisms, the whole bit. So like when I saw him do it, for example, like on Apprentice, I was just laughing my ass off. I was like, that's exactly how he was when I was in, it's not an act. That is how he is. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, yeah. And then like, we were in there for a long time. We held up production and everything. And then um, after that, like I just worked on that one day, but like, I always would remember that because it wasn't until I experienced exactly what Busey was telling me that I didn't 100% get what he was telling me about the wet panties, but now I do. And I appreciate that Mr. Busey gave me that bit of advice. There you go. Life <laughs> advice. And that he didn't Busey. kill me. <laughs> That's right. Two positives. <laughs> Two positives. No negatives. It was awesome. It was really Well, if awesome. he would have killed you, it would have been like a whole E! True Hollywood story and somebody would have to play you and 
a whole, whole mess, thing. you know, and there's not many gals that look like me. So it's like, you have a specific look. It would have been hard to cast. It would have been a nightmare. I think if Gary Busey killed people, we would have heard about it by now because he wouldn't, he seems like the kind of guy who couldn't get away with something like that. Or could he? <laughs> I don't have any disappearances, but I really haven't looked that heavily into it either. <laughs> Girls like me that go to the dressing room when they all say, you don't have to do this. And I'm like, it's fine. I'm not even saying, why are you saying that? I'm like, it's fine. Because my ego was like, oh, old man river want to go? Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you had to beat the crap out of Gary Busey, that would be something there. I think he would beat me because he seemed very skilled in what, how to be shady and uh, people. harm people. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, if he's, uh, if he's proficient in stabbing people, that's not something you want to mess with. That's for sure. And someone who seems, you know, sometimes a little, as I said before, eccentric. Yeah. Have you seen, I'm sure you probably haven't. There's a show called Celebrity Wife Swap, which is also, it's a side of Wife Swap, which the non-celebrity one, way more superior, way more superior. <laughs> but he was on the celebrity one, and it's a trip. You should check it out. <laughs> I, think I've ever seen, I think I have seen the other one, but I haven't seen the celebrity one. Oh, you're, you're going to love this. How? Mm, okay. I won't ask that, but um, there was a celebrity or the regular wife swap and it was a Rasta family and it was a white Rasta family. And it was so interesting that I randomly think, and I tell my sister sometimes, what do you think that Rasta family is doing right this second? So if you ever get a chance to look up the Rasta family, it's quite the trip because if anyone watches this, that's it, that's their thing. This is no way judging or anything. This is just my experience. I, and maybe it's because of where I live. I have yet to meet somebody who doesn't just live, like I've met people who are Rastafarian, but they don't like throw it in your face all the time. If they just, that's what they are, that's who they are. But the, I'm talking about the ones that are like, they push it on you like it's like an outfit. You know what I mean? I've never had a positive interaction with those types. The ones that wear the Rastafarianness with like an outfit. And that family to the T is those people, <laughs> especially when they can't hide from the camera. So when he loses his temper, where are you gonna go, bro? Mm -hmm. You can't you can't fake it now. <laughs> yeah, definitely have to check that out. You made it sound interesting. Before it didn't sound interesting, but I can imagine with, uh, you know, throwing different people from different families together and get kind of uh, wild. Oh, it is. There was one where it was a family who practices witchcraft and everything. And the mom swapped, you know, they do the, usually it's the wives and the other one, total Christian, like total Christian, like their family comes together, they pray, they read the Bible. So it's really an, in, that's what I'm saying. Like the celebrity one is fun. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But what I love is the regular one because there's these regular people of like different walks of life. And you see them get mind effed because they're off their routine. And then I often cry at the end of these shows because <laughs> it, someone always usually comes out better and like something that kind of breaks your heart. Like, oh, the husband kind of sucks to the wife or vice versa. And at the end, you see that they had to be without them and experience something out of their comfort zone to appreciate them. It's really effing cool. Like really cool. But if you were to watch a celebrity one, High ones are on the priority list. Flavor Flav. 
he switches with D. Snyder's wife. Uh, wow. with, so that's a good one. D. Snyder's wife, after seeing that, Suzette, I'm a fan. Um, uh, what's his name? Coolio, that's a good one. Coolio and Mark McGrath. That's wow. they they swap. Um, Roddy Piper and Ric Flair actually did it. They wife swapped hmm. on there too. So it's wife swap. <laughs> it's a pretty damn good endorsement of wife swap. <laughs> well, I just think people like they kind of think, especially guys, might assume that it's kind of something that like chicks will watch or whatever. But if you enjoy watching people and their element and being that people watcher and like seeing how people mm. interact when they're in situations they normally aren't, it's very fascinating. Very, very fascinating. Awesome. I'll definitely check it out. Um, you mentioned uh, Vince McMahon before. The McMahons were something I wanted to ask you about. Uh, obviously, you know, on camera, whatever, they're bigger than life personalities as uh, all good pro wrestlers are. Um, what were your interactions with uh, the McMahon family? It's so funny. Um, my first interaction with a McMahon was way before I got signed, way before I was a wrestler. My friends and I went to Anaheim, California to one of the accesses they had. And I showed up because I didn't know how to be a wrestler. Being here in Cali, especially at that time, it wasn't, like I've mentioned before, really promoted that you go to wrestling school or that there was even independent wrestling going on, you know? So I didn't know how to be a wrestler. I just did it. I just knew that's what I was supposed to do. So I went to the fan access thing, dressed like a wrestler. I had these little booty shorts on that I'll never forget. They were zebra, but they were hot pink and black zebra. And then they had this black little top on. And I saw Shane McMahon walking by. And I was like, I've always been a, I make things happen kind of person. So I just walked right up. There was all this security around him. I just went right under them and I hooked his arm. I was like, Hey, so my name's Shelly. And I know one day I'm going <laughs> to, I started just like pitching myself. And he was like, Oh, you look good on my arm one day. Da, da, da. Like just, Oh, how cute this girl thinks like he was, he was humoring me, but I meant what I said. And um, so that was my first interaction. Then when I started getting looked at, you started hearing these stories that like, oh, you know, don't sneeze in front of Vince McMahon, you'll get in trouble. And in wrestling, there's a term called heat. That means like, oh, you know, you'll get in trouble. You'll get heat if, you know, you cough or sneeze and da, 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 he's a germaphobe. So you hear all these stories. And again, I would watch people walk like they were on eggshells around him. And so I remember when I finally got signed, they had a thing where like, OVW, which was the school I was at, whenever WWE was in that town, they would specifically ask to see certain talent to like kind of try them out or see where they're at, whatever. So one of the times that happened, and at the time, I had a character that was obsessed with somebody that was on their um, current roster. He played a pirate named Paul Burchill. And um, I was like psycho Shelly in OVW that I was, I was a pirate and I was obsessed with him. So I felt that Paul Burchill, when he did his entrance, it was so awesome because he would come hanging off a rope. Like it was, it was during Pirates of the Caribbean. So it was, it was great. <laughs> I'm a Disney girl. Like it was awesome. So I just always, when I'd watch, I'd be like, he's like missing something. And I was like, you know, usually when a guy has like almost everything in wrestling, maybe he's missing either like he needs a tag team partner to feed off of, or he needs a manager valet to feed off of whatever. So I felt like I could add that to him. So I remember 
people told me not to go up to Vince McMahon and I didn't care what they said because he's the boss. So I went right up to him. He was around the ring and I said, Hey Vince, you know, I'm, uh, maybe I should have said Mr. McMahon, huh? I was like, Hey Vince, <laughs> Hey V. I was like, hey, Vince, you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, I was like, you know, I'm talent at OVW, blah, 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 blah. I'm doing this thing. And I really feel that Paul Birchall's missing something. And that's me. So I want the opportunity to show that to you. And he just stood there and he was like, we'll try it tonight on Velocity. Now, Velocity was their online um, show that they'd have like some matches before they started filming SmackDown. So I was like, awesome. So my debut really was with Paul Birchall. It's online if you look it up. I come out with Shelly the Pirate, and it was awesome. And they were going to go with it. But for whatever reason, I don't know the details. I wish I did. But I was told that I was going to go back up, and I was going to be with him. But then it got back to me. They're like, oh, they're just going to kill his character. So in a couple weeks, he's going to be, like, killed by this wrestler, Mark Henry. He's going to go through a table. So I was like, oh, well, that sucks, you know. But, um, so that was my interaction with Vince initially. And I, and everyone was like, Oh, how could you just go up to him? I was like, dude, I'm going on velocity tonight. Like no big deal. Like, so yes, Vince McMahon has a vibe about him because he is the boss and he is confident in that. I'm not denying that, but I kind of felt comfortable just kind of going up to him and talking to him like that. And there was another time I really wanted to be in Playboy for a long time. And um, I've always done their side things, but I've never done like the main, you know, thing. And so I remember I went up to him once and I was like, it was just me and him in the um, hallway. And you always hear like, you just don't, it's almost like, don't look at Vince unless he talks to you. It's just it's this whole thing. Like he's a T-Rex or something. I don't know. So here he was, the T-Rex was coming down the tunnel <laughs> and then he just looked at me and he was like, Ariel, we've never had anyone like you before. You're doing a good job. And I was like, oh, wow, T-Rex, huh? Well, that's awesome. And so I took that opportunity. I was like, well, you know, I really want to be on Play in Playboy. So I had this whole idea and I pitched this whole idea. So again, I was very comfortable just talking to him. And then my next McMahon situation was Stephanie McMahon. And there's rumors that she, like people would say, oh, you know, Stephanie didn't like you. Like, how do you feel about that? And I'm like, she didn't? Why? <laughs> because I don't get that from her. And then people told me because she has beef with Paul Heyman, that's like known, that because I was a Heyman girl, she didn't care for me. And I was like, well, that's weird because she was always pretty nice to me. And I remember one time they had a crackdown on the girl's dress code because they were going more of a, like a family friendly route. And when she was in the girl's locker room and she was talking about like, you know, examples, she kept saying like Ariel, her ass is always hanging out. And I could feel in the room, everyone like, oh, she's picking on Shelly. And what I thought was, yeah, my ass is always hanging out. Yeah, I almost always have a nip slip. Yeah, everything she's saying is right. Like, yeah. And so I didn't take it that way, but it was so interesting. I could feel the energy in the room because it's Stephanie McMahon. And it's like, I just didn't take it that way. And what was really cool is right before she broke the um, meeting, she said, and I just want to say for the record, I'm not picking on Ariel. I just know that she can take it. So I was just using her as an example. And that meant so much to me. So that's why when people are like, ooh, what happened? I'm like, I thought that was pretty freaking awesome of her, especially because 
a lot of people are equally as afraid of her as they are Vince. So it's like, I thought that was really like a cool compliment that she knew that I didn't take it personal and that she can go there with me. And so it's so crazy how there's all these little rumors like, oh, and because I've talked about like things that go on, people just think there's this whole like bitter thing. And it's like, honestly, like, no, I, they were pretty cool to me. I didn't have get to know them that well, but I treated them like just like a person and I felt the same. I mean, who's to say what was said behind closed doors, but as far as I'm concerned, it was all good. And, you know, I'm sure they didn't care for me as much because or else I would have stayed around longer. But I mean, <laughs> oh, well, you know, <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, so I guess. Who knows, if you would have stayed in the WWE, maybe you wouldn't be here now on Smoke Out with Shelly Nash Day. That's the thing I always tell people is like, if anything would have changed how any of that went, like I wouldn't have all the experiences and living the life I do now. And even though maybe I don't make all kinds of crazy money and I still have to deal with BS, like YouTube and blah, 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 Instagram and all this, <laughs> it's a headache. At the same time, it's like, I still do what I want. Like I do what I want when I want. And if I don't want to do something, I don't, and I don't have to answer to anybody. And so to me, it's like, I don't really care that I'm not like this famous person because I just wanted to make money doing what I love and I'm doing that. So, I mean, I wish I could make a little bit more, but I feel like I'll get there, you know, it'll catch up. So it's like, I'm good with it. And it's really cool because after I got fired, I would think to myself, huh, sometimes, especially when I was really down and out, I would think maybe I shouldn't have said anything. Maybe I should just kept my mouth shut, fell in line. Maybe like, cause now I'm struggling and like, I could have had a better life right now, but now it's like, no dude, it was time for me to go. And that's just it. There you go. Mm-hmm. I got a feeling as far as being very, very rich and very, very famous, this is the show to do it. I can feel that. What was that? I'm sorry. I can feel that this is the show that's going to make us, uh, will make you more famous and make me at least a little bit famous. And then from you there, know, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even verified on Twitter. That's how little the social media world and internet world thinks of me, but that's fine. Hey, they keep kicking me off of Instagram and Snapchat. <laughs> they don't even want me. They don't even want me. <laughs> They're like, this bitch again, she, she, she keeps going to getting around us somehow. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed a lot of the, uh, the bigger Instagram accounts now, they have three or four accounts just anticipating that, you know, she's going to go down. This is my backup account. Is it? And then what about this other thing? What is it called? Parlor? Gosh, I can't go on to another new thing. Like, ay, ay, ay. Yeah, there's a lot. I was on a lot of different things at one point, and I thought, I just can't. I don't have time for all this crap. I got to focus on well, I gotta focus on Twitter, obviously, Facebook, because, you know, there's a lot of people on there. Uh, I do Instagram a lot. Other than that, you know, I post some crap on YouTube or whatever, but not much because, you know, YouTube doesn't care about me either. <laughs> <laughs> They're always sending me strikes and, and community guidelines crap and copyright violations. I don't need that headache. It's the worst. And, you know, here we are together, the black sheep of the internet coming That's together, right. 
to bring Jesse, another black sheep. Long live the black sheep. <laughs> it's a great thing about the internet. You know, there's somewhere to go. Yeah. Especially again in the COVID times. It's like, uh, you know, the old bar and cheers, but better. Yep. You can smoke weed. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Speaking of weed, I did see today that um, committee in the House passed the Moore Act, which basically legalized weed on a federal level. So maybe on its way, maybe early next year. There's some Senate races, I think, still to come in January, but it shakes out right. Maybe looking at federally legal marijuana, which would be pretty crazy. It will. It, you know, it's already kind of been crazy just seeing how different things are now that it's recreational here in Cali. Yeah. Um, when Before it was recreational, I was all about it. I was like, I don't care. Tax me. I know I'm going to have to pay out the nose through it. But to make it to where I don't have to have any anxiety about, like, getting in trouble and I'm what, it's cool, like, whatever. And then when it happened, again, it does suck that there's such a heavy tax on it. But that's not even my gripe because you got to pay for your rights sometimes. That's fine. Whatever. But it's more like I kind of miss just the medical days because it's just so oversaturated and you have people like cutting corners, fly by night places, and it's just like you don't know what you're really getting. That's why it's awesome when you know you got a good spot. You got a good place where you get your stuff from. Like that's, that's the best, but it's just like, it's like shady. I feel now it's like <laughs> shadier than when it was like illegal. <laughs> so I don't know. It's going to be interesting. And then you also have the snobs that like, no offense if you're watching and you're one of them to each their own, but like, Oh, it's like an Apple store. And it's like a hundred dollars and eight. What? No, no, no. Just want some good legal weed. Yeah. And if the government would have got involved in the first place, we would have that now, and it wouldn't be something we have to worry about. Be like alcohol. Go into a store, buy it. You're done. No one thinks about it. No one thinks twice. You know, Jesse says uh, he's liking it here. Our little smoke circle. And he says still a no-no where he is. Yeah. Uh, as it is where I am, you know, but maybe that'll change. Maybe it won't. When I started writing about cannabis and stuff like 11 years ago, I didn't think that we'd be here this quick, but here we are. Yeah. And it could be worse. As I it, could be, it could be way worse. It could be so much worse, but it's just so interesting seeing how everything's just unfolding. Cause it's like, okay, all these, like, okay, that's a big thing to happen, but it's, like, it's happening during, like, now times, where it's, like, this damn coronavirus times, and that just, like, throws the wrench in everything, so it's, it's, like, I don't trust anything until I see it, so, okay. Yeah. Let's see. What are you going to do with this? What are we doing with this information now? <laughs> yeah. I think that'll be screwed up in the end. You know, there's legalization, but there's ways to make it worse for people and make it, you know, just to screw it up. And if government can find it a way, they they will. Don't get me started on the government. I don't have my tinfoil hat near me, so <laughs> I can't really talk about it right now. But don't even get me started. <laughs> right. NSA is watching this right now. I know. So. Right. Hi, H-I-G-H. 
Um, Jesse, obviously, we have you here. You're in chat or whatever. If you have anything to ask Shelly or myself, but more likely Shelly, let's face it, uh, you can. Here's something that I want to share with you guys. Area. <laughs> I, I hope it, co it comes through. Let's just see real quick. Okay, because I haven't talked about this with anyone except my sister so far. Let's see here. Um, where is it? At? Okay, so I was shooting for my clips for sale store the other day. Now, my friend Ashley turned me on to this. Apparently, there's a fetish that people have for vacuuming. So she told me she literally puts her camera up and cleans her house and sells it on her clips for sale. So I said, what? So me vacuuming the living room is a clip? She said, that's a clip. So I've been like, okay, I'm gonna do this whole clip. Of course, I'm not gonna be as straightforward as Ashley where she literally puts her tripod up and then just goes, because I'm me and I always gotta make it fancy. So I'm getting all these different shots and angles. <laughs> so I'm hoping that this comes through. Hold on, let's see here. Can you hear this? Yeah. Okay. So this is me. Um, about to vac or I'm done vacuuming and I'm right here. You could kind of I don't know if you could see. Like I'm here, in my little nighty, and um, the couch is there. I just vacuumed it, and so I'm putting it together. So. When I filmed this, I went to look at it after I filmed the shot, and I was like, I kind of hear a voice. So you guys tell me if you hear a voice, okay? Can you hear that? Yeah. Did you hear it? Yeah, you can kind of hear something. It is so creepy. So what I've listened to it so many times, my sister and I listened to it. At the very end, I wish I could, I could show you this better. Okay, so at the very end, after I like, I go, and I hit my legs. In my head, I was like, okay, just walk away. And you can hear a man's voice go, cut. So here's the, here's the part. Get it here. Okay, so I'm going to show it to you first. So I walk away. So here we go again. Did you hear that? I heard something. It sounds like a, like a man's voice. Yeah. So one of the other things that you can hear in it, he says, I don't want to hurt you. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. It says, like, when it first starts, I, what I need to do, I know it's very creepy. What I need to do is um, I need to transfer it to my Adobe Premiere here so I can, like, really get into it. But... um. 
I listen to it over and over and it's like when it first starts, it's almost like you hear <sighs> like someone's like kind of like either jacking off or frustrated, one of the two or both. <laughs> yeah, <it> could be. <laughs> so there's that. And then that's when you start hearing the voice and then you, he goes, something, something, I don't want to hurt you. Something, something, something. And then there's like some more. And then that's when I go, I hit my legs. And then he goes, cut. See, you can get paranormal stuff. Let's smoke out with Shelly and Ashay. And when it happened at first, when I watched it back, when I was home alone, I watched it three times to make sure. And then after I said, I'm going to move on and pretend this didn't happen until <laughs> someone comes home. Someone has to come home for me to revisit this because I don't want to be home by myself when I listen to this again. So, yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I Jesse asks if a ghost beat off. <laughs> I couldn't see why not. They say that some, some people say that they have sex with ghosts. Hmm. Wow. Some women have told me it's like having sex with a ghost. Whoa. <laughs> Wish I had a little rim shot. I don't have any sound effects. Sad. <laughs> commentary on my technology. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We do uh, one more round of hits. Uh, thank you again, Jesse. He says he's got a two-hour ride to get good weed. It does suck. I remember the days of just driving all over town and different people, everybody you knew, saying, hey, get some fucking weed. <laughs> Hold on, let me pack a freshie. Indeed. I got this great sativa here. What do you got? Uh, I don't know what the name of it is. I think, I want to say gelato, but maybe that may have been the last stuff. I'm not mm. sure. It's wherever they tell me it is. <laughs> <laughs> Some I've heard of, I think, oh, that's... That's something, I guess. I'm obsessed with this Pacific Stone. I'll tell you what. I got to find out where they grow. I'm, I know it's in Cali. Hmm. All right, a nice fresh one. Jesse said his is called Mule Train. Ooh, that sounds intense. Yeah, I've never heard that before. It does, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go, fellas. You guys ready? Episode three. Smoke out with Shelly and SJ. Here you go. <laughs> oh, no. I peed. Yeah. Oh, God. Here we go. I think that's a good note to end the show on. <laughs> Damn it. Um, Every time. Thank you, Jesse, for being a part of the show again. Be a subscriber. You're one of the OGs. Yes. One day when we're rich and famous and millions of people watch this, say you can come and say, hey, I was an OG. Oh. <laughs> <coughs> Thank you, Shelly. No problem. The great story. <laughs> Everything else. Yeah, dude. Man, I'm a mess over <laughs> Gosh. <coughs>
have a little cloud stuck. You don't want to get stuck? Oh, God. <coughs> anyway, sorry about that. I'll put myself together. Uh, <laughs> that'll do it. Shelly and SJ's smoke out. Smoke out with Shelly and SJ. It was good. Yeah. Good episode. Yes. Thank you, Jesse. <laughs> Thank you, Shelly. <laughs> I'll see everybody next week. There's the cloud. There it went. <laughs> everybody. <laughs>